Join me, Jeremy Swick, on Into the Unknown, a podcast that delves into the personal journeys, stories, and experiences of individuals across diverse professions. As a historian by trade, I firmly believe that our personal histories shape our present and offer valuable insights into our paths ahead. With that being said, let's get into it. On this episode of Into the Unknown, I am joined with Ben Fossen. Ben and I actually connected on Instagram. Ben is the chairman of the board and co-founder of Adoptees with Guatemalan Roots. As many or some of you may know, I was adopted from Guatemala as well, and it was a great opportunity to talk with Ben, see what his wonderful organization is up to, and just connecting another part of that story of that chapter of not only my life, but his life as well. So let's just jump into it. Today on Into the Unknown, I am with a really special guest. My good friend, Ben Fossen. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm good. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. We, we have a, a very good connection and I'm, I'm just excited to get into it. I want to know your origin story. Think about that comic book episode number one. Who, who are you and where are you from? Yeah. Yeah. So as you, as you mentioned, Jeremy, yeah, we do have share kind of unique situation in life. So I was adopted from Guatemala as well. And I was born in 1990 in Guatemala City. And at four months old, I was adopted to a family in the Twin Cities in in Minnesota, uh, which is where I grew up uh, until I was about 25. What was was life like uh, living in Minnesota? Of course, we definitely can, I think, relate on the fact that in the Midwest, sometimes... uh, people from Guatemala don't, you know, stick out a little more than, than others. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something I've thought about more, like as I've gotten older, just what it was like to grow up. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's not many Guatemalans in Minnesota or I'm sure in Wisconsin either. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of just an experience of, you know, being the only Guatemalan or even like the only non-white person almost everywhere I went, whether that was at school, at church, or just like in the neighborhood I lived in. And, you know, I think I had a good childhood. Like I really have a great relationship with my parents and I I think they did a, you know, they're they're great parents, but you know, that's something that I think as a kid, you know, it's something that I always picked up on. I always realized, and as a child, it's kind of hard to know what to do with that. Uh, but I, I think as an adult, I'm kind of starting to unpack that a bit more and really understand what that meant. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say like, also like, I, I would say I always had an interest in Guatemala, but I don't think that really took off until I was older. I went back to Guatemala for the first time when I was 16. And that kind of, you know, just ignited this desire to find out more about the country Prior to that, I think I was always curious. Uh, my parents, you know, would send, you know, buy books and bring, you know, buy Guatemalan fabrics or kind of just little trinkets from the country. Uh, but but I wasn't really that interested. And I also think they tried to teach me Spanish and I was like vehemently against it, uh, which, you know, I, I kind of wish that I, I had learned more as a child. It's a lot harder to learn. Ben, I love everything you said. I can completely relate. Uh, my parents did a great job of raising me, also trying to bring the culture where, where they could in, learning Spanish, being part of groups like that. And I think you mentioned you mentioned that as a kid, you don't really know how to articulate 
that kind of feeling or that understanding that I am different. I don't a hundred percent know. I know where I'm from. My parents told me, but understanding kind of how that really, really plays in. I, I was fortunate going to the Milwaukee public museum. They had a Guatemalan marketplace. And for me who eventually became a historian, a curator and archivist, it was the first time I saw myself in history, which really sparked that, that knowledge, that, that desire to learn more about the country, but I, I feel like I put that on on the bookshelf for for quite a while until until I would say until I got older. Oh, that's really cool! You're able to connect uh, through the muse- uh, exhibits at the museum. It's one of those things that I think is a it's a it became a driving force to for me. I don't think I could have articulated that even at 22, but uh, to show and find and share the stories of people who maybe those people who aren't represented as often or as, as well in history. And so it was, it was one of those areas, but I, w- I want to get back to you. So when, when did you start really starting to take a uh, interest in uh, being from Guatemala? You mentioned you had visited there. Uh, what, what kind of trip was that like? Yeah. So I was, I can't remember. I was either 16 or 17, <clears throat> but I went with my parents and then my three younger siblings. So I'm the only one adopted from Guatemala. I've, for younger siblings. And we went for, I think it was a three week, maybe, a, yeah, I think it was about a three week trip. And we kind of just did all the touristy things. We went to Guatemala City for a couple of days. We mainly focused on Antigua, going to the Panachal at the lake, and then up to the Mayan ruins in Tikal up north. And I think, you know, for me that it really, you know, Guatemala was a bit of an abstract thing. You know, I had met a couple Guatemalans here and there, you know, in Minnesota. You know, anytime, uh, you know, my mom came in contact with the Guatemalan, she really wanted me to meet them. But, you know, it, it was just really hard to, you know, really understand what that meant to be Guatemalan or what that looked like until I saw it in, in person. And I think that really just kind of ignited that that desire to, to want to know more about the country and about the people you know, just seeing, you know, it's a beautiful country uh, and just like encountering all the just kind and wonderful people that live there, uh, I think was a big part of it. Um, so I think that was a big thing. And then, you know, I, I share kind of your love for sports as well. I'm a huge soccer fan and I was 16. Well, yeah, I was 16 back in the 2006 World Cup. And that's kind of the first time, you know, I, you know, I started playing soccer pretty competitively and I started, you know, I discovered the Guatemalan national team and I would follow them like every game that they had, like the stats. And that kind of just was my window into to Guatemala for the next, you know, couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still a big part of my journey now. I probably watch every single, I, I do watch almost every single match that they play still. Um, and, and it's been a huge part of, of part of my journey. And, you know, I've actually had the opportunity to work on a project with FEDAFOOT, so the football, the Guatemalan Football Federation, uh, more recently. But yeah, I I would say through soccer, uh, that was a huge part. And, you know, I would watch the games by myself, you know, for many years, but then I also connected with a group of Guatemalans who had an online forum. And we, you know, I'm still friends with some of these guys, you know, almost 15 years later. 
you know, we've moved on from online forums to some group chats now, but, you know, we would, they're, they're kind of just fanatics about the Guatemala national team. And, you know, we just talk about the players and just how the team's doing. Uh, so that, those are kind of just how I started getting connected and really wanting to, to know more about the country. I'm a sports historian by trade. I worked at the Kyle Triple Hall and the Pro Football Hall of Fames. And I always tell people, you don't understand how much uh, sports can really connect people that maybe are different or maybe from the same place. But I'm sure when you're watching those games, you're thinking your friends, you're thinking of, of people you know. Of course, you're cheering on your team, but it, I realize when it becomes a national team, when you do see a Guatemalan flag, whether it's proper football or just in general, I feel that excitement and I, I definitely uh, uh, feel you there. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of power in sports. <clears throat> kind of, it, this kind of reminded me of you know the, the first question you asked me. You know, I did meet a couple Guatemalans growing up, but you know, almost instantly, like I don't speak. I mean, I didn't speak Spanish then. I speak Spanish now, but I speak with an accent, like an American accent. Like it's it's clear, like it's not my first language, even though you know we kind of look like people who should be able to speak Spanish. I'm, you know, I'm sure you've probably encountered that where somebody's, you know, you've gone to a restaurant or somebody's walked up to yes. you. And, and it's quick Spanish, Spanish, Spanish like they, they know they me. they quickly realize that. So it's one of those things you just kind of smile yeah. and then they're like, ah, okay. He's a, he's a gringo. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I definitely experienced that a couple of times growing up. But one of the cool things I found about, and I think why soccer has been and continues to be such a, you know, passion of mine, especially the Guatemala national team is that, you know, these guys that I connected with, and some of them are scouts for the Guatemala national team now, you know, they didn't really care that I didn't speak Spanish. You know, they were fine to speak in English or, you know, even if, you know, they would teach me some of the Spanish words when they would speak in Spanish on their forums or in their group chats. But at the end of the day, you know, it kind of didn't matter. Like what they cared about is that, you know, you cared about the national team and sports can really kind of unite you in a way and like i think it's how i the first time like i felt like i was guatemalan even though i may not be able to speak the language or know a lot about the culture and i love that you said that so i want to i want to continue continue this conversation so in life we all we all make choices make decisions if we had the blueprint laid out for us and we knew to go from step a you need to go do step b to c all the way through z I think a lot of us would take it because it would be a path we'd know. We'd know the exact outcomes. Of course, we know life doesn't actually work like that. So my question for you is, when did you come to a fork in the road or a decision you had to make that either changed your life uh, one way or the other? So this was more recent. This was about three and a half, four years ago now. I had, you know, myself and four other friends I uh, decided to start this nonprofit called Adoptees with Guatemalan Roots. Uh, we, you know, we we're all adopted from Guatemala. We kind of saw that we kind of were discovering that there was a lot of kids that were adopted from Guatemala. In fact, there's about 50,000 children uh, worldwide, primarily living in, the, in Canada and the United States that were adopted. And we all have kind of the same experiences of, you know, not having that connection back to the country not speaking Spanish, but wanting to have a sense of community, having all these questions that we've kind of talked about here and, you know, many more, you know, starting a nonprofit 
was not in, I think, any of our plans. It definitely was not in my plan. Uh, you know, I had a had been an entrepreneur, you know, had helped start a tech startup in my, well, two tech startups in my early 20s. And, you know, something that I really wanted to do was, you know, either uh, start a, get into another tech startup or, you know, create an investment fund. Those were kind of the things that I was thinking about, really kind of working towards. So, you know, this idea to start a nonprofit was, you know, kind of just out of the blue, but we saw the need. We saw that, you know, there was so many other people who were having the same questions, uh, but we also saw the potential that we could help the country of Guatemala. Um, so yeah, I would say kind of that was my, that was that moment for me. It's definitely been a life-changing experience. You know, I didn't know a single thing about running a nonprofit. So I am now the president of our board and, uh, you know, still am quite involved in the day-to-day, -day, but we now have an executive director and there's some volunteers and staff and it's, you know, the organization's running quite well and growing, but yeah, none of us had any clue how to register a nonprofit, how to do any of that. So it was very much learning by doing and figuring it out as we go. And it, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's been a wild ride the last three years, uh, you know, getting to work with the Guatemalan Soccer Federation, meeting the president of Guatemala and being able to, you know, get some services approved for Guatemalan adoptees. Uh, yeah, definitely one of those experiences where uh, kind of went out on the limb, had no idea where this was going to go. And really glad I did, uh, was not in the plans. And, you know, that's just sometimes how life goes. I love how you said that. It's just how life, sometimes it's how life goes. You don't really, you don't really know, I'll be honest, you don't really know what you're doing half the time in life. And I've learned it's just keep making what you think is the right decision. And I think a lot of times those cards keep falling. I'm just got to do, I got to register my, you know, my, my nonprofit. Okay. Now we need this. Now we need to make sure we are tax exempt. Now we need to, you know, this, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so I, I just appreciate your determination on that. And, you know, that's no easy feat to, uh, to handle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said from learning from doing. Completely agree. So my last question before I, I get you out of here is the title of the podcast, Into the Unknown. What is your unknown currently? What are you stepping into? What are you looking ahead to? So, I mean, we have a lot of really exciting projects at Adoptees with Guatemalan Roots. And, you know, as an organization, you know, I want to keep helping to lead and expand that. And, you know, we want to, uh, you know, expand the programs that we have. Uh, but one thing that, you know, for me is a really the unknown. And I wrote a paper about this topic about two years ago, and I've been trying to figure out ways to implement it. And I, and kind of the topic of the paper is, you know, Guatemalan adoptees, we're all citizens of Guatemala. You know, we are able to obtain passports. We can vote in Guatemalan elections. Um, and, you know, Guatemala is a country that, you know, it's an emerging country. It, you know, has, you know, it needs a lot of things from, you know, the economy is not the strongest. It needs modernization there. It's lacking, you know, well-educated people, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur there is very difficult. Um, and one thing I've, I noticed, and you know, I have a background in as an entrepreneur, an investor, and a, an engineer, was that Guatemalan adoptees we have a lot of you know skills. We 
because of the high cost of adoption in the 80s, 90s, and especially in the 2000s, you know, the families that could afford to adopt are typically, you know, middle class, upper middle class and wealthy Americans. And, you know, we've been given college educations. You know, we've been taught a lot of skills that Guatemalans typically, uh, a lot of Guatemalan citizens don't have and opportunities. And, you know, what, what potential could be, could be done there as dual citizens to, to help a country that, you know, it is our country. We, we can hold office there. We can, uh, we can represent the, the national team in sports. Uh, yeah. What ways can we, you know, bridge that gap, whether it's, you know, through investing, through, through education, that's something that is a big unknown to me, but I wrote this paper, you know, I've, a background in finance and as well as engineering. So uh, I wrote a, made a financial model and I estimate that the Guatemalan adoptee community meeting, you know, people that are adopted and then our parents have about a net worth of about $40 billion, you know, give or take globally, which I think is about 50 to 60% of the Guatemalan annual GDP in 20, it's 66% in 2020. I think it was about 50% in 2021. Uh, so it's a sizable chunk of capital that is existing with Guatemalan citizens. And, you know, what, what does that mean in the next 15 to 20 years when, you know, those of us who are entrepreneurs have created businesses? Uh, and it, yeah, so kind of one of the ways that I've, you know, started to enact that and work on that is, you know, I've invested in a company in Guatemala and, uh, you know, it was a big step figuring out how to, you know, get all the, my passport, my, you know, my tax ID number registering so that I can be an investor there. And I really hope that it can be kind of a pathway for more adoptees who care about our country of Guatemala, who want to see, you know, people succeed there. And, you know, it's really been fascinating. You know, I've connected with about five or six other entrepreneurs who are also adopted from Guatemala who, you know, simultaneously have the same desire, you know, and some of them already have companies there in Guatemala that have been established for a couple of years now. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of one of these definitely, you know, going on to the un unknown. I have no idea how this will work out, uh, but I think it's kind of one of those, I've got to do it. I've got to try it and see what happens and, uh, you know, learn from, from experience and learn from doing. Uh, I don't think I'll be like, there's just kind of a restlessness. Like, a, you know, I just thought of this idea and, you know, I've ex experienced what it's like to invest there and the potential that it can, can bring to people there. Learning by doing, I think is so important. When I was back in education, I think teaching, teaching by doing is a great thing. Modeling, showing people the blueprint, showing them the road because a lot of times when we step into the unknown, we're going on uncharted territory. We're going an uncharted path. That doesn't mean it's necessarily good or bad. It's just a new path. And that's one of those exciting things to be the trailblazer. And so I just really wanted to say I commend you for that. And I look forward to seeing where this goes. And, you know, I would love to be involved in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, that that would be great to, to have you involved. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, there's a lot of us who are adopted from Guatemala who are entrepreneurs who have companies and yeah, it's just fascinating. Almost everyone that I've talked to has some sort of interest in uh, either bringing their company back to Guatemala or, you know, as an entrepreneur helping. And I, 
just am blown away by that, but I think it's so cool. Where can people find you? Where can people find adoptees with Guatemalan roots? They, if they want to learn more about, about you or, or your organization. I'm on, uh, all my socials are uh, at Ben Fawson. And then uh, you can find uh, adoptees with Guatemalan roots at guateroots.org. And then on socials, we're with Guate Roots. And uh, we're on all the, the major, major social Thanks media again, sites. Ben. I, I look forward to talking to you more and seeing how your journey unfolds. Yeah, and uh, it was a pleasure to be on your podcast here. And I uh, really Thank enjoyed so our much. conversation, Jeremy.